Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 22, and then I'm going to speak. Luke 22, verse 8. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of that house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished upper room there make ready. So they went and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. Father, I do pray that you would help us to understand. Help us to understand the beauty of a simple meal, but then help us to understand the power of the supernatural element that's behind the normal, physical, everyday things that we do as family. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, welcome if you are visiting with us. So good to have you with us. We're a normal group of people who love Jesus. Jesus has met us, changed our lives, we get together to love Him and worship Him, and then we go out and we spread His light around the world and around Jersey. So that's what we do and that's who we are. We are normal. We try to be as normal as possible and show you who we are without any pretense, without any mask, without any weird religious words or weird religious clothes or weird religious activities. We just want to show you the reality of Jesus in our lives, and I pray that you would meet Him as you share with us today. Thank you so much for being here. We have coffee after the service, so please enjoy some coffee or tea with us and get to know the people around you. It's really great that you've come today. Thank you so much. We're going to be sharing for the next uh, probably four weeks about the Last Supper. You know, uh, Jesus, before he was going to die, the night before he was going to die, he knew the next day was going to be the hardest day of his life. He knew he was going to be tortured, brutally murdered. He was going to be accused. He was going to feel the rejection of his Father in heaven because all the sins of the world were upon him. He knew all this was happening. What would you do on the last day of your life, the last night before you were to die, and it was the most important event of your life was about to come up, come up the next day? I don't know what you would do. I would probably be alone, preparing myself, getting my emotions ready, getting my thoughts together, stealing myself, and making sure I was able to handle what was to come. But Jesus decided to have a wonderful slap-up meal 
with his disciples on the night before he died. And he prepared it so much in advance. In fact, God prepared it. God gave Jesus a word of knowledge before the evening. God said to Jesus, I want you to have dinner, a wonderful dinner, a, a luxuriant dinner with your disciples. And I prepared a place for you. And you can imagine Jesus talking to the Father and saying, well, where is the place? And the Father said, two of your disciples will walk into the town. They'll see a man with a pitcher of water on his, on his back. They'll follow him into a house. And this is what a word of knowledge is. Jesus was understanding something God was revealing to him that he could never have known otherwise. And then God said to Jesus, and then tell them to say to the man who owns that house, where's the room for our dinner? And there will be a room prepared, a beautiful room, well furnished, and you'll have a wonderful dinner. Now it was the night before the Passover, so the lambs wouldn't have been killed yet. So it wasn't the normal Passover meal where they eat the lamb that was sacrificed, but it was a very wonderful meal. And then at the end of the meal, after they'd had all the different types of food and you know, fruits and meats and all the things they would have eaten, they would have had the bread and the wine, the last parts of the meal. And Jesus, even though these were normal physical elements, even though the meal was a normal meal of people talking about life, and laughing and joking and and it says that john was lying with his head on jesus chest at the last supper there there was intimacy fun relaxed wonderful environment and they were just eating normal food but then jesus brings into this last supper something powerful he starts talking about spiritual things and then at the end of it he says this is not just a meal this is a picture that carries power and you, every time you eat together, you must remember this and bring the spiritual element. Bring heaven into your everyday eating of a meal together. And the power of heaven will break into your normal everyday activities and something supernatural and spiritual will happen. Every time you eat and remember my death, then my power will come in. I will be, it will be like you're eating and drinking my flesh and my blood. The power of heaven will come in. And it will do something transformative in your midst. And the message for today and for the next few weeks, because the Bible speaks about this Last Supper amazingly often. You know, the whole of John chapter 13 to John chapter 17, five chapters of John, are all about the Last Supper. John's only 20 odd chapters long, but five of those chapters are about this last meal. In Luke 22, Mark 14, Matthew, uh, 1 Corinthians 11. There's so many times in the Bible it talks about this last meal. It was a major event, this last meal, and there's a reason for it. And the reason is simply this. God wants us to take everyday normal activities like having a meal together, and He wants to breathe something supernatural into them so that they become life-changing events. So we saw in that little video clip how the kids just want to have a meal with their family I want to show us over the next few weeks that normal things like us eating together in church and even you eating together at home with your family can become spiritual things and powerful things. And so we're going to look at all the elements of the Last Supper, what Jesus said. You know, he, he said so much in that last meal. We're going to look at that and learn how we can incorporate that into our communion and church, but also just our everyday church lives and then our family lives as well. Is that okay? 
We had a, a dinner last night, a marriage enrichment dinner. And there were, I think it was seven couples. We went to a lovely restaurant by Havre de Pas. And John, the man who runs the, the restaurant, was a lovely host. He was, he was very smiley and joyful. And he welcomed us in. And I felt like, I'd nev- even though I'd never met him, I felt like he was my uncle or something. He was just so kind and loving. And, and then we sat down. There was nice Greek music because it was a Greek restaurant. And there was a nice atmosphere. We could speak to one another as couples. We had our own table, but we were close enough that if I wanted to, I could lean over and talk to Peter and Anjoy or somebody else. So it was just a great atmosphere. It was a lovely environment. Um, and we had a talk. Heidi and James did a great talk, and they, they brought the focus back onto Jesus. And so God's power was brought into that meal. And the, the food was amazing. I mean, I brought the menu here. There was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 different items we ate on the night. 12 courses, basically, uh, because the way that a Greek meal works is you get lots of little portions of lots of different things. And so we ate so many different tasty things, many of which I'd never had before. It was wonderful. It really was. And it took me back to remembering other meals. I don't know if you can remember meals in your life that are just special times. Maybe it's a Christmas meal where the family's all around and you've got a picture burned into your memory of the joy and the family atmosphere and the love. The food was great, but it was more than the food, wasn't it? There was something special about that meal. Or maybe it was when you were dating somebody or or maybe your, your husband or wife and you were getting to know them and you had meals together. And that meal broke down the walls and the barriers and the atmosphere was created so that intimacy could happen on on a relational level while you were doing something as simple as just taking in nutrition. Isn't it true? Those meals, there's several of them burned into my mind. I remember a couple when we were in the mountains on holiday with family and friends. Our, Our life group, our house group went up to a cottage in the mountains and we ate meals together. I can remember one in America at Bible school where some good friends of ours, their parents from Switzerland, came over and we went to a little restaurant called La Madeleine and we just had a meal together. Uh, I can remember Christmases. I can remember the Acropolis restaurant in Harare, Zimbabwe, where my wife and I got to know each other and then went and had ice creams next door. So many of the important events in life are around a meal. And I think God designed it this way on purpose. You know, God could have made it that we take in nutrition the same way that we take in air, where it's just a natural thing. You don't get any kind of pleasure out of it. You just do it naturally. You just breathe in and out. But he made it so that food is pleasurable. Didn't he? I mean, food is great. (laughs) And God did that on purpose. You know, there's something more than just taking in calories when you eat a meal with somebody else. Something breaks down. Your digestive juices break down the food, but at the same time, something spiritual is breaking down walls between people. Isn't it? And the food warms your body, the nice hot food and the spices, and it it makes your body feel good and your salivary glands, and the taste is great. But you also, your heart is warmed, isn't it? And you get close to people. Meals are great. Families, we need to have meals together, don't we? 
We need to have meals together with our kids. There's something that happens where the walls are broken down and we can, we can become intimate on, a, on a, a level that we can't normally do. When you're sitting watching TV and eating, it's different from sitting around a table and you're laughing and you're eating and you're talking and stuff comes out in meals where you, you are built together as a family. Amen? And God did that on purpose. You know how many times Jesus ate meals with people? Did you know that? It is so common. I mean, if you look through the Gospels, it is noticeable how often Jesus and food go together. It really is. They said that John the Baptist, you know, he used to fast all the time and he was a very austere man. Whereas they said Jesus was the opposite of John the Baptist. He was always eating and drinking with people. Always. He goes to the wedding in Cana of Galilee and they haven't got enough wine. He says, hey, let's make some more wine. Uh, he's eating with the Pharisees. Mary, Martha and Lazarus, this family of two sisters and a brother. He ate with them regularly, we see in the Gospels. Uh, he ate with his disciples. Often he was criticized for eating with Pharisees and sinners. People said, what are you doing eating with these people? And then it ramps up towards the end of his life. As I said, on the last night before he's going to get killed, he decides to have a supper, a big supper celebration, and, and make it the focus. He says, do this as often as you do this, remember me. He says, regularly do this meal again and again and again. I think we've made it into a little bit too much of a religious event and not enough of a family meal. Amen? I don't know if you agree with me. I mean, last Sunday, when we ate lunch together, was wonderful. And all the different flavors, the worms weren't so good. But everything else was fantastic. Although you might have liked the worms. I don't know. But that's the great thing about it. So he has the Last Supper. And then, you know, when he rises again, it's, it's really fascinating. Let me read you a couple of these, a couple of these chapters. So Luke 24, 41, Jesus has died and the disciples aren't sure what's going on. They've heard he's, he's risen again, but they, they're just not very sure. And it says, verse 37, but they were frightened. Uh, verse 36, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said, peace to you. But they were terrified. And he said to them, why are you troubled? Look, my hands and my feet. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still not, did not believe for joy, he said to them, have you any food? You see, religion would say, oh, this weird holy moment happened and they were wearing funny robes and a, a weird spiritual atmosphere happened. No, Jesus says, let's eat. Let's eat. Have you, have you guys got any food? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb and he took it and ate it in their presence. I love that. What about John 21? Jesus has risen again. And the disciples are fishing on the lake of Galilee. And they're dejected. They're not sure what's going on. And Jesus appears standing on the shore. Um, when morning had come, Jesus was stu stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? And then he told them to cast the net on their one side and they caught a whole lot of fish. Um, and then they came to land and they saw a fire of coals and fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you've just caught. 
Um, and Jesus said in verse 12, come and eat breakfast. And then after Jesus went back up to heaven, Acts says that the disciples met together and ate daily with glad and sincere hearts. They ate together. Food is a massive part of it. And then you know what happens when we get to the end of time and space? The world comes to an end. What's the first thing that happens? Jesus gathers us up. We meet again, him together in the air. And we have a massive big wedding supper of the Lamb. And we eat again together. Food and eating is very, very important. But I just want to focus now on just this one passage. So it's Luke 22, which I read earlier. Verse 8 onwards. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. So they said, Where do you want us to prepare? He said, Behold, when you've entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. I just want to say that there's four main elements of a meal. There's obviously the food and the drink. Then there's the fellowship. And then there's the venue or the atmosphere or the environment. And each of those, you can look at them on a purely physical level. You can just say it's just about the food and the drink. It's just about the physical stuff. Or you can say there's a relational level, which is about us getting close to each other. But then the, the real level, the third level, is the spiritual level. And everything to do with a meal. So the, the food, the bread. Jesus said, this is bread. Do you remember in John chapter 6? He just fed the 5,000. He'd given them all bread and fish to eat. And they were following him around after that, saying, where's some more bread? You don't believe me. They said to him, after this, they were following him around, and they said to him, what sign will you do to prove to us that you, you are the Messiah? Moses gave us manna in the desert. What will you do? They were wanting more bread. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of heaven. I am the bread of life. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will live forever. And they got weird about it. They said, whoa, you're saying we must eat you? And Jesus said, I'm talking about spiritual things. The flesh counts for nothing. The spirit gives life. The words I'm speaking to you are spirit and they are life. He was saying, look beyond just the physical food. There's a message. There's a lesson here. And friends, it's the same with pretty much everything to do with God and the Bible. Everything we do in church, there's a physical element. So for example, you get baptized. There's a physical element of getting put under the water and you kind of get clean a little bit from the water. But then you can take it to the next level and then the furthest level is there's a spiritual element. I'm getting made new spiritually when I get put under the water. And yet some people just look at the physical. They say, oh well, it's just about a ritual of, of getting put under the water. No, no, there's something spiritual in it. It's the same with communion in church. You can just look at the bread and say, yum, nice, that was tasty. Or you can look beyond it and say, I'm really enjoying the fellowship in this body where one loaf together and one loaf of bread or you can look beyond that and say every time i eat and drink there's something supernatural there's something spiritual i'm partaking of jesus death on the cross for me and his blood washing me clean and he's putting me together in a church with other believers and there's something spiritual happening and it depends on your faith how much of a of a benefit and a blessing it is to you 
If you want to just look at it on a pure uh, physical level or maybe just say church is a nice little social group, that's all you'll get from it. But if you say, Lord, I'm trusting you that when I eat and drink this, something spiritual is happening, then all the power of that blessing is released in your life. So there's these levels of all the things, the food, the drink, the fellowship, and the venue. And I just want to look at the venue today. And then in future weeks, we'll look at the other bits. So the disciples said, where should we prepare it? And he said, behold, when you've entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. When, then you shall say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where's the guest room? that I may eat my Passover. Friend, the place, the venue, the environment for this meal with Jesus. Jesus set up a meal where every time we meet, we can be built closer to each other and we can be built closer to Him. He set it up as an ongoing memorial. And the venue for that is called the church. Now, I'm not talking about a building. I'm not talking about bricks and a steeple, I'm talking about a body of believers who are melded together in a mission to serve God together and committed to one another and they worship God together. That's a church. And it can be two or three people. Jesus said where two or three are gathered, I'm there in the midst of them. It can be a small or it can be very, very large, but the venue, the restaurant, the upper room for this meal is always the church. And it can even be in your family. You can have communion, just you and your kids and your spouse or whatever family unit you have. You can have communion and that is considered a church because you're meeting in God's name. But the church is the, is the capsule that makes this thing work. And the disciples said to Jesus, where should we have this meal? And I just want to bring out a few points here. He says, when you've entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Have you ever entered a brand new city or a brand new country and you're saying, how will I find a church? Have you ever done that? Nowadays, most of us just type, type into Google, churches. But Jesus said, the way you find a church, and bear in mind, this was a supernatural thing that happened. Jesus didn't not, he hadn't made a plan with a man to walk along a street carrying a, a jar of water at a particular time. God had revealed to him that there will be a man and that will lead them to the place. God, wherever you live in the world, whatever city you enter, even if it's a completely unreached place of the world where Christianity is outlawed, God has prepared someone for you to meet with as a church there and for you to have this meal. I need you to hear this. In fact, somebody listening on the internet needs to hear this. Wherever you are in the world, God has got a church for you. Wherever you are. I've spoken to quite a few people recently in Jersey who said, we lived here for six years and we were just desperate and we couldn't find a church and then God led us to you. I'm not saying we're the only one, but there's a church for you. Amen? Other churches might be right for other people. There's a church that God has got for you. And the way you'll find it, listen please carefully, is you will meet somebody who is carrying the presence of the Holy Spirit with them. <laughs> carrying a pitcher of water. You'll meet them and you'll connect and you'll say there's something here. 
This person has the peace of God. They have the life of God. They believe in God. They really do. It's not just a religious ritual. It's a reality for them. Look at the peace and the joy and the river of God flowing out of their lives. And he says, you follow them to the house where they go. And then you speak to the master of that house, which in this church is me. I'm the leader of this church. You speak to him and you say, where is the place where I can eat with Jesus? So come to me and say, what is the room that you've prepared in this church? And we will tell you our values and the way we do things and what we do believe and what we don't believe and what God has called us to and how we interact with each other. And we'll, we'll try and explain to you and we'll show you this is the furnished room we've prepared. Now, some people will say, okay, that's not exactly what I had in mind. And they'll find another person with another pitcher of water and they'll find the church that is for them. But some will say, yes. This is what I want. And God has prepared you for the church and the church for you. Because we, it's not a performance where we get up and we just do a show and you say, yay, that was lovely. No, you are part of a body. You are a body part. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you know, if I didn't have a thumb on my right hand, I would really notice it. It would be very difficult for me to do various things in life. The church that you're supposed to be in, if you're not in it and using your gifts, we notice there's something missing. We need you. It's not just a, a restaurant where you get served. No, we, it's a bring and share meal. Amen? And it's not just that we eat and drink bread and, and wine together. We share our lives and our gifts. There's gifts that God has put in you that nobody else has. And we need them. Amen? So he says, you go there, you follow the man with a pitcher of water, you find the church, you go to the leader of the church and you say, what's the deal? What have you set up here? And the man will show you a beautifully furnished room, which is where you can eat with Jesus. It's all about Jesus, but we're doing it together. So in future weeks, we're going to look at Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit a lot in this last meal. We're going to look at the fellowship aspect about uh, how Jesus prayed that we would be one with Him and with each other so that the world would know about Him. Jesus spoke about being in the vine. If you're in the vine, plugged into the vine, then the sap, the life of God will flow. And we're going to talk about that. And there's a whole lot of different things. Jesus washed the disciples' feet in the Last Supper. Instead of being the, the big boss that everyone served, he served them. So we're going to look at all these aspects, and obviously the bread and the wine, and then it's going to end with Easter, uh, the Easter weekend, where we're going to probably have a service on the Friday morning um, here in church at 10, and then there's a gathering in the Millennium Park on Easter Friday morning at 12, where all the churches are going to get together and we're going to sing some worship songs together. So it's going to be a wonderful day on the Friday and then Sunday we'll rejoice and, and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. So this is us working our way up to Easter. It's kind of, we're moving towards the end of our Letting People See Jesus series. So we're looking right up until the cross and then we'll do a few weeks after that of his resurrection and then we'll see where we go from there. But I'm going to ask us just to, um, maybe the worship team could come up. I'm going to ask us if we would just stand right now, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
There's a couple of questions that I need to ask you. If you wouldn't mind just focusing on the Lord, you don't need to get weird or super spiritual, but just concentrate on Jesus instead of people around you. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. The first is, have you focused on the physical, the normal, natural things, or have you realized the spiritual element behind it? And it's not just the bread and the wine, but even just gathering together as as believers in church. It's not just a formality of getting together. When we get together, Jesus says, I am here in the midst of you. We participate, we partake of his presence. Have you noticed that? Or is church just a formality? That's the first question I need to ask you. The second question is, have you found the room that God has prepared for you to meet with him? Have you found the church? Have you found that venue where you are part of the family? And if you haven't, can I ask you to pray and say, God, I want to find that place that you've prepared for me. And if it's here at Lighthouse, we will welcome you and love you with open arms and say, come in, get involved. But if it's somewhere else, we will help you find that other place. But you need to find the place. We've got a little yellow card that you can fill out and say, yes, that's me. I'm part of this church. Or you can come and ask us, me or James or one of the other leaders here. You can ask us about the place. But find the place and get plugged in because you won't be fully alive in Christ until you find the family where you belong. So that's the second question. First one is just natural physical things. Have you looked beyond them? The second one is, have you found your place? And then the third one is a very simple question. Could you be eating dinners and lunches and meals with more people, especially your family? And what are you going to do about it? How are you going to make a plan to have meals with people where you talk about the Lord and you get to know people better? How can we do that better? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, please help us today. Help us, Lord. Help us to find our place in your family and at your table. Help us, Lord, to, to get closer to you. Help us, Lord, to benefit from all the great things that you've prepared for us. And I just have one more question. Jesus said in Revelation 3, verse 20, He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Imagine there's, your life is like a room or a house, and Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. And then he says, if anyone hears my voice, how do you know if you're hearing his voice today? Well, you'll get a stirring in your heart that maybe, maybe there is more to this. Maybe God is real. Maybe Jesus is real and I need to get close to him. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Jesus wants to eat with you and he's knocking at the door of your heart today. And you may say, I've been at church for many years. I've been involved in religious things, or maybe I just walked in today, but I don't know if Jesus is really in my heart. I don't know if I've ever opened the door to him, and I don't know this experience of eating with him, of this close fellowship, but I want to today. If that's you, no hurry and no uh, pressure, but I'm going to ask you to just put your hand up in the next 30 seconds or so, and I'll pray a prayer with you if you say, I want to invite Jesus into my life today. So if that's you, please just put your hand up right now while the rest of us are praying and I'll pray with you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Just raise your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? This is a wonderful day. Today is the day where you'll remember I started my life with Jesus. I invited him in and from now on I'm going to be eating with him. 
on a daily basis. I'm going to be having that real fellowship with him. Just pray this prayer with me. And then after the service, if you could come up and someone will pray with you as well. But just pray this prayer with me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, let's all pray. Dear Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. I open the door. I welcome you in. I want to eat with you. I want to have closeness with you. Forgive my sins. Make me your child. Thank you, Lord, that today is the start of a new life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for giving us new life. Thank you, Jesus, that you, the King of the universe, come and eat with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together, folks. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.